Hi, I am Tingan, and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. Welcome to the Parents in Tech Book Club. In each episode, we summarize lessons and takeaways from two best-selling parenting books so that you can save time, get your dose of parenting advice, and get back to our families and careers. The theme for this episode is Raising Confident and Secure Children. We examine two books, Raising a Secure Child and Raising Good Humans. Raising a Secure Child, written by Kent Hoffman, Glenn Cooper, and Bert Powell John, was published in 2017. This book helps us as parents to understand how our childhood experiences, psychology, and attachment styles affect our parenting, and is packed with practical tips. The book introduces a concept called the circle of security to frame attachment theory ideas. At the top of the circle, children need a secure base from which they can explore the world. At the bottom of the circle, they require a safe haven to return to. Children go around this circle, sometimes very quickly, and it is the job of their parents or caregivers to follow their needs while being larger, stronger, smarter, and kind throughout the process. The book is divided into two parts. The first introduces us to the circle and how healthy development happens when parents understand attachment and the importance of security. The second talks about how parents can create and maintain that circle. The second book we're going to talk about is Raising Good Humans, written by Hunter Clark Fields. With mindfulness as its focus, this book examines ways in which increasing our awareness of what is occurring inside our bodies can help us be more purposeful and present parents. This book delves into the reasons why it is so difficult to be a good parent, as well as what we can do to effect long-term change. It also offers a peek into a child's brain that causes difficult behaviour. The book is also divided into two parts. In the first part, parents learn how mindfulness can help them lessen their stress response and become more compassionate. Parents can then become conscious of their own stories and figure out what is triggering them. Self-compassion comes after as the most important attitude for positive change. The first section concludes with tools on how to deal with unpleasant emotions. The second part teaches parents communication skills that will result in greater cooperation from their children and an improvement in the relationship. It suggests how we, as parents, help our children solve their own difficulties by listening to them without resorting to threats. The common principle across these two books is the importance of developing a healthy attachment with our children, in addition to being aware of the triggers and challenges as parents. So what will we be discussing in the next few minutes? We will summarize the key takeaways across three key areas. Number one, attachment. Number two, security and support. Number three, exploring our core sensitivities as parents. Act one, attachment. Attachment is a topic covered in Ken's book and it's one that has received a great deal of attention. When a child is born, the newborn is programmed to latch onto at least one person who they can rely on to understand and respond to their needs. This is referred to as finding a secure attachment in accordance with the psychological model of attachment theory. 
Having a physically and emotionally healthy life may be the single most significant step towards finding secure attachment. When a baby's primary needs are unmet, it creates an insecure attachment, resulting in stress and discomfort. On the other hand, studies have shown that when children have stable, secure attachments, they have a stronger ability to empathize and form secure relationships as adults. This is why the authors developed the circle of security. It provides a framework for parents and caregivers to construct secure attachments while balancing the conflicting needs of comfort and autonomy. According to authors, a stable attachment is characterized by confidence and trust in the goodness of myself, you, and us. And this is something that they can carry with them throughout their daily lives. The experience of being loved and supported no matter what happens is the essence of unconditional love. And when youngsters feel safe, they begin to form healthy attachments with their caregivers. So, what can parents do to help their children build a secure and healthy relationship with them? The most important concept is to provide security and support. We'll go into this topic in greater depth later and provide some tools to assist and support parents. Act 2. Security and Support the circle of security introduced by Kent in Raising a Secure Child explains how to form a strong and healthy attachment. This gives parents and caregivers a way to build strong bonds with their kids while also meeting their needs for both comfort and independence. What is the circle of security? Now imagine a circle. Three items are placed on the circle. Going out, returning, and hands. Going out occurs when children desire freedom. This flexibility will assist kids in developing their confidence in exploring the world. When the child is terrified, sad or hurt, he or she will move to returning, the returning part of the circle with the intention of being consoled. Upon being consoled and comforted by the hands, they are now well positioned to go out again, thus resuming the cycle. For example, if a child trips and falls in a park, he or she will come to us for consolation because they are unable to regulate their emotions. Learning to utilize the circle as a parenting tool can help you transition from trying to alter unpleasant behaviors with rewards and punishments to seeking behavior as a communication of a need in the circle and changing your behavior by meeting your child's need. The circle of security provides new ways to understand our child and how to address their attachment requirements, resulting in more confident kids who are more cooperative and compliant. The key notion is that when they are exploring, you as a parent give them three things. Safety, comfort, and appreciation. In this regard, Hunter's work emphasizes the critical role of developing healthy attachment. The author refers to it as support. In the chapter Supporting Your Peaceful Home, Hunter emphasizes the significance of developing a loving relationship, just as Kent emphasizes attachment to create a robust and healthy relationship. Clark believes that our relationship with our children is the cornerstone of nurturing a good human being. The more our children experience our unconditional love, the more secure and at ease they will feel. They sense our trust and reciprocate. 
Although both books discuss the importance of developing a strong relationship and attachment, they have slightly different objectives. Kent is more concerned with fostering security, independence and autonomy, while Hunter focuses on getting our children to trust and listen to us so that we can better manage challenges. So what can we do to offer a safe refuge and unconditional love for our children? Hunter suggests some methods to help us strengthen our bond with our child. Number one, connect with physical touch. Being touched and touching another person are important aspects of human interaction. Positive physical touch is a great way to express your child's compassion, care, and concern. Hugs, kisses, and cuddles make children feel safe, less stressed, and more in control of their emotions. Number two, connect with play. Play is the currency of childhood, and it is a critical component of our child's growth. By joining their body play, we can create a strong attachment. If you're unsure how to proceed, simply follow your child's example. You give them power they seek in an environment where they're mostly powerless. Number three, connect by collaborating. Children want to be able to accomplish all that adults do. They should be encouraged. Children can and should assist us in our daily activities as this will make them feel respected and appreciated. For example, assisting in the kitchen or setting the table, feeding the cat. These are some of the many tasks that they can help with. As they mature, so should their responsibilities. When children help around the house, it increases their sense of capability and self-esteem. Number four, make a connection using verbal encouragement. Positive words of encouragement show our children that we believe in them and we are on their side. Complimenting Hunter is Kent with some tools to foster stronger attachment. When children leave the circle, or reach the top of the circle, basically when they're in exploring mode, there are some things that we can do. Number one, keep an eye on our children and know when to intervene. When we're watching, we should know when to get involved and when to support their independence. For example, if our daughter is climbing a ladder at the park, you may feel like helping, but sometimes the best option is to let her be and encourage her self-reliance. Number two, approve his or her behavior. Children must be delighted in all aspects of their lives, not just when they achieve something. Celebrate with your son when he reaches the top of the ladder, but also remember that he gets self-esteem because you believe in him, not solely from his accomplishments. Number three, enjoy with them while avoiding commands. Sometimes, children want us to share their activities and adventures. This helps them develop a self-worth and a sense of accomplishment. Being able to take another person's perspective is the foundation of empathy. After children leave this exploration mode at the top of the circle and they enter the bottom of the circle, here are four recommendations where your children are seeking safe haven. Number one, provide security. We need to do it in a way that sends the message that we are serious about protecting them. Having a caregiver who can interpret a child's subtle indications for aid and offer presence in the midst of apparent danger might provide the reassurance needed for a sense of security. When a toddler is confronted with something new and or frightening, 
simply going closer or placing a hand on his or her shoulder can provide the necessary security. Number two, provide comfort. Children need to be comforted in all kinds of distress. The younger they are, the more crucial it may be to provide some empathetic comfort. When you show them these heartfelt gestures, they know that not only will you be there to help them get through that bad experience, but that you also understand the emotions they are feeling and can help them deal with these emotions. Number three, as previously indicated, validate or delight in his or her behaviors. There are two types of validation at the bottom of the circle. The first is when your child will turn to you or run to you, not because he or she is distressed, but because he or she feels compelled to meet their desire for validation. Maybe he or she is coming to you for a smile and then returning to the circle to be on top. The second type of delight is at the bottom of the circle when our child is distressed or overwhelmed. They need us as parents to bring them delight and solace. Number four, help them organize their feelings. You must show that you accept your child's feelings and that it is safe for your child to discuss their feelings with others who care about them. It also aids in the development of your child's emotional vocabulary. It is critical for us to identify our emotions so that we can figure out how to respond to them as well as express them. In a nutshell, both books underscore the importance for parents to provide security, support, affection, and independence. Act 3. Exploring our core sensitivity as parents. On raising a secure child, Kent acknowledges that sometimes parents can struggle with some of the children's needs around the circle. The full circle of security encompasses a wide range of emotions, and this means that a lot of adults will be more comfortable with one part of the circle than another. As a result, they might avoid one part of the circle and focus on enjoying the other part. As a quick recap, the top part of the circle encourages your child to explore and helps them to be independent, which requires the caregiver to give the child a level of emotional and physical distance. The bottom of the circle is about comforting a vulnerable child, which means the caregiver should be comfortable with emotional and physical closeness. It is common for parents to overcompensate on one side of the circle to make up a weakness on the other. When we get overwhelmed with a certain part of the circle, we start to react in ways that might be counterproductive. The authors call this shark music, when our body goes into fight or flight mode, and our brain prepares our body to react to danger based on what happened to us in the past, usually in our childhood. When we try to escape from this situation, we either scream at our children or we just shut down. Our children are wired to build connections with us as their trusted caregivers, so when they sense that we are uncomfortable with a particular need or emotion, they will adopt coping strategies to hide their needs. In this regard, Kent recommends parents to reflect on their own childhood and identify what emotions their own caregivers were uncomfortable with when we were children. Clark also supports this by emphasizing the importance of parents knowing themselves and identifying the baggage that is affecting your parent and child relationship. Clark assures us that we don't have to repeat the patterns of our parents. Examining our childhoods can help us move beyond the limitations of the past. 
a deeper self-awareness gives us greater compassion towards ourselves and others. And it gives us the possibility of choosing new ways of being rather than blindly repeating the past. Clark suggests a very useful tool. Keep track of our triggers. Take a week to track every time you yell or you feel like yelling. You can write about what happened, how you felt, and if you or your child were feeling angry or tired. Once you have identified your common triggers and reactions, start to notice how they arise in everyday life. When we realize, in the midst of a difficult situation, that a lack of control trigger is coming up, we are already interrupting the usual autopilot reaction. In the same way, Kant suggests another tool as well. When we feel uncomfortable, acknowledge our insecurities without judgment. If it is closeness or independence that we are having trouble with, start small by spending an additional 15 to 30 seconds in proximity with our children. This may be sufficient to begin correcting the imbalance. If your discomfort causes you to take a step back away from your child, do not beat yourself up. Be kind to yourself and remember that child raising is a process. No parent is perfect, and what is important is to acknowledge when you make mistakes and try again. Your child will be learning from you on how to grow and to be resilient, and as long as you are present with your child and forgive yourself, you are doing your best to raise confident, loving, and resilient adults. To conclude, a secure child is one that feels safe and comfortable in expressing their emotional needs to their parents. And when they do so, they do it in an open and honest manner. Parents who encourage this emotional honesty often strike a balance between the positive encouragement needed for their child's self-reliance and the tenderness needed to make them feel comfortable. While we may have aversions to either as a result of our own childhood, we can overcome this by acknowledging it gently and consciously make an effort to overcome our first instincts. Thanks for listening to the Parents Attack podcast with me, your host, Tsingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www.parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback, or suggestion. Once again, the website is www.parents.fm. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.